In this episode, Tiff dives into all things branding, in particular, how to set a brand up for success. And she also talks about how to set your website up for success as well so that you optimize your conversions and you get the most sales possible. This is a really tactical and in-depth interview, so make sure you tune in. Welcome to Recloseted Radio. This is the top-rated podcast for slow fashion founders. Whether you're thinking about launching a slow fashion brand, scaling an existing clothing brand, or making a brand more environmentally friendly, we have you covered. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted. Each week, I'm sharing my proven strategies or interviewing industry experts. Without any further ado, let's get started. I'm really excited to bring you this interview with Tiff, and she is the founder of IRL Studio Co., a boutique multidisciplinary design and creative studio that specializes in helping modern-day entrepreneurs and lifestyle brands turn their visionary ideas and bring them IRL. She provides strategic and intentional brand, design, and creative services for socially conscious beauty and fashion brands. We talk about all things branding and website, in particular Shopify, in this episode, so make sure you have a pen and paper handy. You're going to want to take a lot of notes. And before we dive into this episode, I am so excited to announce that the doors for our Launch Your Brand program are finally open. This is our signature program that takes aspiring slow fashion founders from idea to successful 20k plus launch in just six months. Doors only open once a year and every single year we only accept 20 clients to work with at once, so don't snooze. Once we're full, we are full and in the LYB program, you're essentially going to be getting all my proven strategies and tactics to help you go from idea to successful launch. I have course lesson videos, we have worksheets, and literally everything you need, including done-for-you templates to save you time and prevent mistakes. I'm going to be warm introing you to fashion designers, our trusted mills, our trusted manufacturers, so that you know exactly what to do. There's no guesswork, and you literally just need to execute while we hold your hand and we're there to support you. I know a lot of you have been loving our free resources, such as our new YouTube channel and this podcast. And when you work with us, I do not hold back. I share everything. You're going to be able to unveil the curtain, see the behind the scenes, and you're going to be able to implement everything and swipe everything so that it's so easy. I make it really effortless for you. And the difference between our free and paid items is definitely just the fact that you get to get there with our support. You get to basically steal all of our templates and our strategies and also you get there faster because there's no way there's honestly no way to be able to launch in six months and be this successful without this program like it's going to take you years and years to diy it and it's not to say you can't diy it but if you are finally going to take it into your own hands and launch your dream sustainable fashion brand this year then i highly encourage you to check out lyb you can find out more information and register at recloseted.com slash LYB. The link will also be in the show notes. I also wanted to quickly take some time to talk about whether or not LYB would be for you. So if you're thinking of starting a sustainable fashion brand, then this would be the perfect program. However, we want people that are committed and ready to dive in. So if you're done making excuses and you're really committed to making this year the year you launch your brand and make at minimum 
$20,000, then this would be great. Additionally, if you're ready to put in about eight hours a week of work to launch your brand, then this would be great for you as well. We're gonna give you literally everything you need to succeed and we're going to help you implement, we're gonna support you. However, you do need to meet us halfway and you need to put in the work as well. This is not magic, you're not gonna be able to just you know, show up one day and have a magical brand and launch it. You need to actually put in the work, but we'll be there with you every step of the way. LYB is also for you if you want to leverage pre-sales and self-funding, meaning that you are either going to be leveraging your savings and or a nine to five job or freelance gigs to fund your brand. However, you don't need to fund your brand entirely. Like I mentioned, we also leverage pre-sales and we will support you to be able to balance both. And last but not least, if you're aiming to start a sustainable and conscious brand, then you would be the perfect fit. Because as you likely know, we only work with genuinely sustainable and intentional companies at Recloseted. So if this sounds like you and you really want to get our help to be able to launch successfully, then like I mentioned, check out the LYB page. It's just at recloseted.com slash LYB. Feel free to DM us at Recloseted on Instagram if you have any questions, or you can send an email to hello at recloseted.com. Don't be shy, feel free to reach out. And also, Tiff, who I am interviewing in this episode, is also co-teaching the branding and also the website lessons in the program. And I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. When you enroll in LYB, you're going to be learning directly from her on these topics. She also has a done for you brand kit so that you can just swipe them and be on your merry way. And also she's going to help you set up your website as well. So I've been really intentional with this program. There's literally nothing like it on the market. I've really thought about every single thing you need to be successful and I've made it as easy as possible for you because like I mentioned, when you pay to work with us, I wanna make your life as easy as possible and get you results as quick as possible and also make you wildly successful. So with all that being said, let's dive into this interview. It's a really good one. And if you have any questions about LYB, feel free to reach out. Welcome to Recloseted Radio, Tiff. I am so excited to have you. We're such good friends and it's so nice to be able to sit down and talk to you in this setting. So for folks that don't know, you actually did my rebrand at Recloseted. You knocked it out of the park. We are in love with our new brand. But before we dive into all things branding, can you please introduce yourself and give us a quick overview of your career? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me and thanks for all the kind words. <laughs> I absolutely loved working on your rebrand as well. So I'm going to give kind of like the TLDR version because I feel like, I mean, you know my career trajectory, but I feel like if I were to talk about all of it, we'd be here for like three hours. But just a quick synopsis of my career. I was actually an interior designer. Um, that's what I studied in university. And after being in the industry for two years, I just absolutely hated it. I was super burnt out um, and I got into the industry straight out of university. And so at that point, I was always really interested in health, nutrition, and I wanted to start a health blog. And then along the way, I also went to Sri Lanka for yoga teacher training. I also studied nutrition. So a lot of like, things in between, but because I wanted to start a health blog and I didn't know kind of anything in the online space or just like in the digital space in general, I ended up taking a digital marketing certificate and I actually completely fell in love with the digital marketing industry. And so never thought that I would kind of completely pivot out of interior design, but 
I ended up finding a job in digital marketing um, at a marketing agency where we worked at Fortune 5 or worked with Fortune 500 companies for their web conversion um, strategy and A-B testing. And during that time, I always knew I didn't want to be in a nine to five. And so I was growing a coaching business as a side hustle. And eventually that business ended up turning into a multiple six-figure business and allowed me to quit my job last year, which was really great. And so I kind of achieved my big goal of leaving corporate that I think a lot of people just strive to have, but that also comes with a lot of different challenges as well. And earlier this year, there was just some kind of life things that happened. And just upon a lot of reflection, I just realized that my coaching business wasn't really for me anymore. And so I had to really take a step back and just have some reflection on what I really want to do and kind of build my career around. And I know I've always loved design and I went to school for it, but I realized that I actually really like the digital marketing digital side of things and how marketing, content creation, branding, all of it can kind of tie together. And so that's when I started IRL Studio Co to combine my knowledge in design and a web conversion strategy, website design. Um, and I specifically help with socially conscious brands because being a woman of color myself, I also like was born like nine pounds. I was a really fat baby. So always, you know, grew up with just like self-conscious um, things. And so I really want to work with brands that actually make a really big difference in the world. And that's kind of like the core focus of what we do at IRL Studio Co. So that's kind of like a quick-ish <laughs> synopsis. Yeah. And I also know for you, you're very multi-passionate and your journey seems like you just pursued whatever you were interested in. And for folks that might be in a similar journey, I feel like with our IRL Studio Co. now, it really is a combination of everything you like. And it kind of feels like it makes sense why you started with like interior design and you went to digital marketing, you know, like it's all coming full circle. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like I've been in a really kind of like lucky and privileged place where I was able to try a lot of different things, you know, like I was like full transparency living at home for a really long time. So I was able to try a bunch of different things and, you know, still have the support from family. So really lucky and fortunate that I was able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I want to dive into all things branding and website because I know that you're super knowledgeable in this area. But to kick things off, can you explain what branding is? Because some people just think it's a logo or like pretty fonts or nice colors, but that's totally not what it is. So what in your words is branding? Yeah, I honestly like to define branding as a full user experience. And I feel like there are kind of a few layers when it comes to branding. Number one is really like the whole strategy of your business and the whole kind of like ethos of your business. So your values, your why, your value proposition, not only externally, but also internally. Because I think when a lot of people are building businesses and brands, we only often think about the culture and the values that we want to portray outside to other people, but we often don't think about what do we want to have as, you know, core pillars of our businesses internally. I also think it's the positioning of your business. So how does it stand out from your competitors and also your target customer? I know you talk a lot about, you know, focusing on your target customers at the forefront of your business. And so I feel like those are kind of like the three pillars when it comes to what branding really is. And overall, just the experience that people get from beginning to end, just being immersed in your brand. So if they're coming to you from social or if they're going onto your website, it's the full experience. It's not a disjointed thing. And so it's really important that 
as a brand, you really keep things really consistent all throughout and you live those kind of values, client facing, but also internally as well. Yeah, I love that. It really is a full-fledged experience. And I think for product-based businesses, it might just be like, oh, it's just my product. But to your point, it's like the how they find out about you, where are they coming from? What do they feel like when they get their product? Like, what do they feel like when they're using it? And so it really is a full-fledged experience. Yeah. And I also feel like, especially now, consumers are really smart with how they're purchasing their products. And I feel like they care a lot more about the story of a product like the story of how it got developed, the story of how it's built, the values that um, it kind of encompasses. So I think it, it becomes even more important now to really nail your brand when you are just like launching your business nowadays. Yeah, totally. And so when you're working with your clients, how do you then extrapolate what that experience looks like into a more nuanced way? Like what are their logos, fonts, colors? And, you know, of course, there's so much more that goes into a brand, but how do you actually work with them to decide what that looks like? Yeah, I think the first thing is always going to be brand strategy and really mapping out the whole customer experience. I think whether you're working with a, you know, brand strategist or brand designer, or if you're doing it by yourself, it's always really important to not even think about the visuals of your brand first, but really thinking about those core um, brand strategy elements, like we talked about the values, the why of your business, the story, your target customers how it differentiates between other people in the market, your target customer. And from there, once you have all of that research, then that's when you can actually put together the visual identity. I think a lot of the times people think that the visuals come first, but I actually feel like it's the reverse. Even when we did your rebrand, we really thought about like, where is Recloseted going? And can we create a brand that gets them to or gets recloseted to the next level? And so it's important to have those brand strategy elements first. And most of the time, if you have a really anchored strategy, the visuals can come. Like if you are targeting Gen Z, the colors, the, the branding is going to be catered towards that. If you're targeting people that are, you know, moms, as an example, the colors, typography, color palette, all of that is going to be catered towards that as well. And so it's really important to always anchor in your strategy first, and then the typography, logos, all the visual things um, can come afterwards. Yeah. And I feel like you're really intentional with your approach. And throughout our entire time working together on my rebrand, I felt really seen and heard because I felt like you took a lot of time to understand the strategy. And then I also think branding and marketing in general has a bad rep for being kind of fluffy, but you're being very intentional with it and very strategic. Yeah. And I also feel like brand strategy is kind of a big buzzword in the industry nowadays. And I feel like there's different levels of brand strategy, like for your business specifically, because you know that you were wanting to, you know, scale recloseted and work with more, you know, established brands. We wanted to make sure that your branding was more, you know, sophisticated versus maybe when you first launched the business. And so when it comes to brand strategy, there's also different levels of it as well. You know, you can do brand strategy when you're just launching your business, but typically businesses and brands that need or are thinking about scaling, they probably need an, a more in-depth brand strategy. So it's like, a big overarching kind of theme and things that we work on as um, brand designers and brand strategists, but it also kind of depends on where your business is at and how in-depth you really need the strategy to be. Yeah, totally. And so that's a good segue, actually. So for startup brands or brands just starting out, what do they need to set their brand up for success? 
So I think this, again, is like an unpopular opinion. I really believe that brand strategy is really important, but I personally feel like when you are just getting started as a new brand, you don't need crazy, crazy in-depth strategy. So the things that you really need is just the story of your brand, the key values that your business has. And if you're a sustainable brand, probably like it's going to be the story of why your brand is sustainable or why you want it to be sustainable, the positioning of it. So how does it differentiate between other products in a like um, industry? And then also your target customer. I think those are like the three key things. And then from there, that's how you can actually put together the visual identity. I think it's still important to think about your positioning. But again, like if you're just getting started, I think it's better to just like get your ideas out there in the market and then get customer feedback. And then, you know, two years, three years down the line, that's when you can start to hone in a little bit more because you have more data from your customers. Yeah, totally. And so from a tactical perspective, then how many logo variations should they have? How many fonts, colors, like what does that look like? Yeah. So I think it really depends. And I think this is something that is really important to think about because I think a lot of the times when you think about visual branding, a lot of people just automatically think about like a primary logo, secondary logo, you know, brand mark, but I actually think it depends. And so the question that I always like to ask my clients is what are you actually going to be leveraging the branding for? So is it going to be just for a business card? Is it going to be on a website? Is it going to be on a care label? And so it really depends on depending on what product you're selling, the design of the product, what kind of like more tactical things the product needs. That's how you can determine whether or not you actually need, you know, six variations of your logo if or if you can get away with just like one or two. For colors, I would say typically four to six, just because it allows for more just like interest, especially for your social media, for your website um, and those digital platforms. And then for fonts, we typically recommend three to four. So you want to have your header font, your subheader font, your body font, and then also your call to action font. So those ones are more, I guess, like prescribed, but for logos, I think it really depends on the product you're selling and the usage of the actual logo itself. Cool. Thanks for breaking that down. I actually have a Maybe like a stupid question, but can you define what header versus subheader is? Like, I I feel like I understand, but then also from like an execution perspective, I'm always like, is this my header or is this my subheader? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So I'm going to like get technical and then I'll like (laughs) break it down into like being more simple. So technically from a website perspective, your header is your H1. And typically from an SEO perspective, your H1 is going to be the thing that Google kind of like crawls for the most for your SEO purposes. And so even when designers come up with your um, typography hierarchy, it's really important that we make sure that we are very clear that this is your H1, this is your H2, this is your you know, paragraph copy, this is your CTA copy, because it has implications from an SEO perspective. But typically, your header is your H1. Subheader is typically your H2. And this is typically a lot of the times you might see on certain sections of a website where you have a header, and then maybe like smaller copy at the top of it that supports the kind of primary call to action or primary header, that's the subheader copy. And then body copy is obviously just like your regular paragraph copy, and then you have your CTA copy. But I think it's important to mention the SEO implications of things because it really does matter um, in terms of the hierarchy um, of your information and then also of your fonts from like a development coding perspective for SEO as well. 
Love it. And so I'm going to ask you more about SEO later, actually, because I know you're really knowledgeable about this. But before we go there, how do you think new brands can build their brand identity from scratch? Because you talked about being consistent and I know it takes years and years, but do you have any tips on that? Yeah. So I think when it comes to consistency, start with, again, like the strategy first. And then once you have your your brand identity, I would actually recommend creating a really simple, just like brand guidelines document. So what is the actual hierarchy of your typography? What is the hierarchy of your colors? And making sure that you're really consistent with that. Because a lot of the times, if you work with a brand designer, they might give you six colors, but one color might just be for background copy only. It should be never used as, you know, a call to action um, color or one certain color might just be an accent color. You don't want it to be in the background of your entire website. And so it's important to have those kind of guidelines in place so that when you are creating your social media content, when you're creating your website, all of that stuff is really consistent as well. Okay. That makes sense. And so with that being said, if a new brand starts and maybe they don't have huge budgets, so they're either DIYing it or they work with someone, but maybe the quality isn't what they like. So then a couple of years goes by and they now have more funding. Do you think it's okay to do a rebrand or how should you approach that? Yeah, I absolutely think it's okay to do a rebrand and kind of very similar to what I was mentioning earlier about like beginning stages of business versus kind of like scaling when it comes to building your business. When you have more data, your brand strategy is going to be a lot more rich. Your positioning is going to be a lot more rich. Your value propositions, your values, all of that is going to be a lot more kind of in-depth as you get more customer data. And from there, it becomes a lot simpler for you to actually create a brand identity that 100% kind of nails the target customer that you are going with. And so I think it's really important that if you are just starting out, if you know that you're wanting to, you know, continue to grow your business in the long run to start getting testimonials or feedback from your customers, even when you're just launching your business and having either, you know, an Airtable spreadsheet, whatever that is with all of your customer feedback so that when the time comes for you to actually do a rebrand, then you have all of that feedback and all of that data for you to then sift through and then work with someone or either do it yourself to have all that information. I also feel like when you're kind of in the more like scaling stages of business, it also can be really helpful for you to actually interview people as well. So actually doing user interviews, if you have a website, actually getting people to go through your website and seeing, are there certain areas of the website that are confusing for them? Are there certain areas that they're, you know, rage clicking because buttons are not working (laughs) properly? And so I definitely think it's 100% okay to do a rebrand. The important thing of doing a rebrand is making sure that you can actually communicate that to your customers so that it's not such a jarring experience. Um, You've probably seen a lot of brands do rebrands and they typically kind of like tease it out as they go. And then they have kind of like a drop date. And so that's kind of a strategy that I recommend for, you know, people that are in that scaling side of their business and looking to rebrand. Yeah, love it. And I feel like with our rebrand, we did that. And I know it was intentional on your end, but it was really cool just to show our audience and our community the behind the scenes of our work together. And then we had like a launch and it was really exciting. So totally recommend that. Totally. And I think it's cool to just like have people kind of 
along the behind the scenes of everything as well, and even getting their feedback on certain things. Because when you already have an established brand, you typically have really established customers and a fan base, or、um, just like loyal customers in general. And so they're always open to just provide that feedback because they just love your brand and want to continue to buy from you. And for folks listening, I did not pay Tiff to say this. This is all very accurate to what I always say too. We're on the same wavelength, so yeah, I think we're very similar when it comes to like business values and <laughs> how we think about things. <laughs> and so let's pivot into website. So, what website platform do you recommend for new sustainable fashion brands? Yeah, so I'm probably biased. <laughs> But I love Shopify, and the reason being is it's an ever-growing, ever-evolving platform, and I think it's the best platform to use if you are planning to scale your business as well. And I think it sets you up for success. A lot of the times, people will, you know, start their businesses on Wix. Um, on WooCommerce, even on Squarespace, but as you grow your catalog, as you grow just your business, and you have different needs in your business, I personally feel like Shopify is the most just adaptable to just growing and scaling businesses. The other reason why I really like Shopify is they have really great support and documentation. Like if you have any questions. When it comes to Shopify, you can probably find it in their wiki. You can probably find an answer just by like you know sending them a quick customer support email. So customer support wise, it's really great, and they also have really amazing themes and apps that are already within the platform, so that you can just integrate them really quickly. And all of those things have their own team and support、um, behind it as well. And most of the time, the things that are already within the Shopify app are verified by Shopify, so you know it's going to work, and you. Generally, don't need to do crazy testing, and it typically doesn't break <laughs> as much as if you were to just, you know, implement a random app that you find on the internet. And I also feel like it's generally pretty easy to use from a merchant standpoint. It's really easy to add products. It's really easy to, you know, change things on your website in general. So, hundred percent recommend Shopify. <laughs> But I'm very biased. <laughs> Yes, and we're not sponsored by Shopify. I also say the same thing with our clients too. We wish. <laughs> yeah, we wish Shopify. Please slide in. <laughs> But for with that being said, though, I know that Shopify they have like a lot of themes, and it's very like done for you almost, and you just have to play around with it. But do you recommend folks just use that, or do you think they should do like a custom build site? Like, what do you think is best? Yeah, so I also feel like I have a unpopular opinion on things. I always come from a perspective of like really thinking about where you are in your business. Some designers might think that you should do a crazy custom site right off the bat, but just for context, like a fully custom site typically is very, very, very expensive, and it takes a lot of time. Like when I'm thinking very expensive, some people charge like a hundred thousand dollars for a custom site, which if you're just starting out. It's not super, I think, cost effective or even just like time efficient to do a custom site. And so, for people just starting out, I actually recommend just leveraging what is already within Shopify. They have a few free themes, but they also have paid ones that obviously have a little bit more. Apps inside,、um, or functionality inside, I should say, and they are typically like around two hundred to three hundred fifty dollars for a theme. And I think if you are just getting started, that in itself is enough. If you have, you know, decent branding, you can just plug in your colors. Make sure you have really good photography, and people won't even know that it's, you know, a completely. Theme-based <laughs> Shopify site. If you have all of those branding elements、um, in place, so cost-effective-wise and also time, I think just using the custom、uh, or the Shopify themes is the way to go. 
Yeah, totally. And I want to bring up the SEO piece again. So for people that don't know, do you want to explain what SEO stands for, what it is, and how they can set their site up for success? Mm-hmm, for sure. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And it's basically when people go into any search engine and they type in, let's say like sustainable fashion, um, what is the ranking that your website ends up showing up on, on the Google search page. I know for recloseted, if you search, you know, sustainable fashion consulting, you're the first one that shows up for people, which is amazing, which means you have a really, really great SEO ranking. And so in Shopify, when you actually build out your pages, um, you can put in what is called metadata, which is basically additional, just like context for Google to crawl your site to make sure that your shop can actually um, rank higher within Shopify. When you add in photos, you can also add in, you know, alt text, you can add in metadata. I know we're getting really technical, but these things are important when it comes to, you know, building a Shopify site and making sure your um, site is, you know, set up for SEO. And so you can do all that within Shopify. And when it comes to SEO, there's a few kind of things that kind of tie into it. Obviously it's the actual keywords on your website, but also your page speed as well. And so it's really important that, and I've seen this time and time again, where a lot of people's websites, they're awfully slow. And so it's important that you Uh, make sure your images are really optimized as well so that it actually impacts SEO in a positive way. Because if your site is too slow, it actually has a negative effect on your SEO. Yep. Love it. And so with all that being said, how can they also set their website up for success from a conversion perspective? Because their website, I always like to tell our clients, is kind of like your digital storefront. So how can you have a great experience and also have the person check out and buy something? Yeah. So I think from a just customer experience standpoint, and I can nerd out about conversion (laughs) all day, um, but I think it's really important to think about your customer journey and your experience, not only from a someone lands on your website point of view, but a lot of the times people might find you through a Google ad or a Facebook ad, or they might find you on Instagram, or they might find you through a referral from someone. So just thinking about the fact that people don't just land on your website, on your website, they actually may have known you from other just like channels as well. So thinking about that user experience and making sure that again, consistency is really key. So what people are seeing on your Instagram and your social media, is that consistent with what they're seeing on their website? So making sure that you can map out that customer journey first. The second thing is I think just keeping things simple especially if you're just a new founder, I don't think it's necessary to have all the crazy, you know, bells and whistles and stuff. Just keep things simple for people to just navigate through your website, look at your products, see the description of them, and then allow them to check out. If you're building a site from scratch and you're not working with someone, I actually highly recommend having either friends or family to go through your website once it's all built so that they can actually let you know, like, Hey, this section was really, really confusing for me. Can I simplify it a little bit more? Because oftentimes when we're too close to it, we're like, oh, this is perfect. (laughs) But it's always good to have just other people that aren't, you know, building your site for you to point out to you, like these things are confusing, like this copy might be able to be tweaked a little bit better. So really important to think about that. And then the last thing is, which I think might be a little bit more, um, advanced is to think about the two to three key things that you actually want to highlight on your website and to prioritize it. So as an example, is talking about the care information, like really, really important to your brand. Like if you are a, I don't know, cashmere sweater company, 
that's going to be probably a lot more important than if you just sell, you know, regular t-shirts because cashmere, there's like, you know, certain ways that you have to wash it, dry clean it, all that stuff. So that might be really important. Highlight that. Or maybe for you, customer ratings is really, really important for your business because your product is a little bit more out there and different and people might not understand it as much. And so customer reviews will be really important. And so I think it's important to think about the two to three kind of key things that you want to highlight and then you can integrate those. And then anything that isn't as much of a priority when you're launching, you can just, you know, push them off um, and get more customer data and then integrate them in the future. I love it. That was so helpful. And so similar question, the product page is also something that's really important. So do you have any tips for those pages? Yeah, product page, I think is probably the most important (laughs) page on your website. And I also feel like it's typically the page that is the most kind of complicated when it comes to building a Shopify site. A lot of the apps um, in Shopify kind of integrate with your product page because product pages are typically when your customers are looking for the most information. And so it's really important to, again, consider the primary things that you want to highlight on the page because it's the last kind of step of the funnel before people go onto your cart. And so I'm kind of going to break it down into like a few different things. The first thing is imagery. I personally feel like um, brand photography and imagery can make or break your brand. Even if you have a beautiful, beautiful website and amazing, amazing copy, But if you don't have good imagery, it can really just detract people from purchasing from you. I don't remember the actual stat, but it's something around like your, our brain um, processes information. Like, I don't know, like 10 times quicker. I think it's actually even more than that uh, for imagery versus text. And so making sure that you have really good product imagery and not just showing like a t-shirt or like a jean, but like actually showing the details of it, get really close up photos of the texture of it, of the just like color of it. Is the imagery actually true to color uh, for your products? If you're a skincare brand, then making sure that you take colors of the texture of all that too. So it's really, really important to have great imagery. The second thing is a clear title. So very similar to what we mentioned earlier, for SEO, making sure that the title and your products are very clear on what they are. Don't try to come up with, you know, crazy names that don't really make sense. If it's a t-shirt, call it, you know, boxy black t-shirt, like make it super, super simple. So people actually know what your product is. Also show the different options that there is, because most of the time for fashion brands, you have different sizes, you have different colors, but also thinking about if something is out of stock, are you going to showcase that or can people join a waitlist for it? Thinking about the functionality of that, because that also can kind of impact your user experience. Does it require any customization? So there are times where, you know, products you want to add custom embroidery on it. Is that required in your product? If it is making sure that you integrate all of those things and making sure you think about all the details of that. Um, we also recommend typically adding in recommended products because that will increase AOV, which is average order value, which is always something that e-commerce fans will want to increase. It's continuing to increase the AOV. Or are there certain things that you can bundle together to help you increase AOV? Thinking through you know, the functionality of that as well. And then just any other additional product information Like I mentioned, for sustainable brands, you know, the care instructions or the transparency of how the product was manufactured is probably really important. I think Everlane, I think both of us really like Everlane's site. They do a really good job of that. But I think that was really intentionally thought through and curated. So making sure that you think through all of those things as well. Yeah, that was really helpful. And 
I also don't want folks to feel overwhelmed. So kind of like what you were going back to the beginning, what you were saying around just being strategic, picking like a few key things. And then as you grow in skill and you have more budgets, you can always like add those things later. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I always think like pick the two to three things, get your site up again, get the customer data and then iterate after. Yeah, totally. And so I'm really excited because we're partnering together in my Launch Your Brand program, which is our six-month program. We would have said some info about it previously at the beginning of this episode, but do you want to talk about what you're going to be supporting all our clients with in LYB? Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to be working with your clients in LIB. Like I mentioned, like I love working with socially conscious brands anyway. So I think it's such an amazing um, fit. So with the Launcher Brand um, students, I'll actually be supporting all of them on a branding and website perspective. And so the first part from a branding perspective perspective is teaching them all of the fundamentals to creating a brand identity as a new founder. We'll also be um, providing done-for-you branding kits exclusively to LYB students. So we'll make sure that we know, you know, the products that you're selling, your target customers, and really curating um, really amazing brand kits for you to just take and run with and be able to come up with your brand really, really quickly. And then from a web perspective, I think we just based on this conversation, websites can be really, really tricky. And so we'll be teaching the foundations of setting up your Shopify store, installing your theme, adding your brand elements, um, checking all of your settings to make sure shipping, taxes, all of that stuff is set up um, correctly. And those will all be just video modules um, for the students to be able to follow through. And I know we're working on, you know, having a recommended theme so that everything is literally plug and play for them. um, And they won't have to just like figure out all the customization things by themselves. Yeah, we're really going to hold your hand and support you through it. And Tiff is so knowledgeable. She's going to be really making sure that all of you guys know what you're doing so that you can have a successful 20K plus launch. And so last but not least, can you tell us a little bit more about IRL Studio Co and how folks can work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, um, just with my experience of living on this earth. (laughs) I really just care about working with brands that actually make a really big impact in this world. I think Selena, you feel the exact same way that I do. And so um, IRL Studio Co, we help socially conscious brands to really communicate their mission-driven message to the world through um, high converting branding and web design. I really, really believe that just with the way that the industry and world is going with, you know, the influencer world and stuff, I really think that brands have a really big opportunity to shape the cultures in our society and to really shift the narratives that our society typically has on women, on the world in general. And so um, I really want to help more brands launch and grow their presence so that they can actually make a larger impact in the world and to, you know, incrementally actually shift those cultures and um, those norms that we have in society. Love it. And so how can everyone stay in touch and how can everyone support you and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I typically hang out on Instagram. So you can uh, find me at IRL Studio Co. And then you can also find me on my website at IRLStudioCo.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tiff. This is so incredibly valuable. And I should know that people will get a lot out of it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that concludes this episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag us at Recloseted. Make sure you subscribe to our Recloseted Radio podcast on your preferred podcast platform so that new episodes are automatically downloaded and you don't miss any of our free resources. 
Lastly, don't forget to rate our podcast five stars and leave us a positive review. That really helps us and continues to allow us to provide this podcast for free. Together, let's write the harmful fashion industry.